I, I never thought there could be anything worse than, you know, uh, dolls, jackets, toys. Oh, I don't want this insanity disrupting the station any more than it has. I want it off my station. I want them all off my station. I want the whole store yanked out, boxed up, and shipped out by 0800. Babylon 5, the last best hope for a quick buck. Welcome to Who Are You, a Babylon 5 watchcast hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other and will continue to get to know each other while rewatching one of their favorite shows from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And today, Laura, I get to ask you, what do you want? You still haven't answered my question, Ambassador. What do you want? Well, what do you mean, what do I want? What do you want? Do you really want to know what I want? Do you really want to know the truth? I wanna really, really, really wanna zig a zig Does that answer your question? Well, I, unlike Captain Sheridan in our episode that's coming up today, want some merch. I want... You want some merch? I want that sweet, sweet Babylon 5 merch. And yeah, maybe with the remake. Yeah, you know, I, I can't wait for the remake, so I'm really hoping that when we go to Star Trek Las Vegas, and yeah. at the time you are hearing this, we are on our way, that I will find yeah. some sweet, sweet Babylon 5 merch. I am excited for the trip mm-hmm. for a number of reasons, besides it being my first vacation since I went to Hawaii last year. Yeah. And my first time off that didn't involve me being sick or moving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in in almost a year. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for it. Uh, for that, I'm very excited. It's my first Star Trek con. Really? I've done a number of other conventions. I've done I've done like four or five Dragon Cons. I've done a lot of locals, anime conventions, ASENs, um, all kinds of stuff. But I haven't done a strictly Star Trek convention before. It has been a long time for me because I went to the, the Trek Expos in Tulsa, which <laughs> if you were around Tulsa back then, you kind of know when that era was. And I was small. When I went to those, <laughs> this will be my first Star Trek convention as a grown ass adult, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be my first convention in a long time with disposable income. So Lord right. knows what that means. <laughs> disposable income. And I'm flying on Southwest, so I get to check a suitcase for free. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm ready. <laughs> Beth and I have been planning things. There is a distillery called Smoke Wagon in Ooh. Las Vegas. That makes a very nice, highly rated bourbon that you can't buy in Michigan. Oh, that's fancy. So I'll be bringing my hard case luggage (laughs) (laughs) and a bit of bourbon back with me at the very least. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But who knows what else? Babylon 5? I didn't even think that there would be... Of course there's going to be Babylon 5 merch. I mean, surely, right? It can't be that strict of, like, Star Trek-only merch. Surely. I would hope not. Uh, the other conventions I've been to, you know, that weren't even strictly sci-fi conventions have had Babylon mm-hmm. 5 stuff. One thing that I would really like to get my hands on, I think, is kind of the Barbie style dolls like we see in this episode <laughs> with uh, Mondo. <laughs> Did they make? Oh, you know, I think I've seen one, actually. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen one around. Yeah, they made these, didn't they? I, they did. Yeah. 
I mean, I would kill for the bear too, but (laughs) (laughs) just because it's fun. There were instructions on Usenet because that's just a build a bear bear. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually a story behind the bear. Oh, I can't wait. Um, (laughs) That I'll I'll get when we get to the end of the episode, I'll tell the story about the bear. Mm -hmm. But this is um, it's notable here because this is a non JMS episode. Mm-hmm. This is the last non-JMS episode until season five. Dang, that is a lot of work. <laughs> so every episode from here until Day of the Dead in season five, which was written by Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. is yeah. written by JMS. This was written by Peter David. Oh, do like him. We like him. And there's a story about him and this episode that I'll tell at the end of the episode because it's pertinent to the last scene. You're giving them the teasers. You're getting them to stay for the right, episode. Yeah. <laughs> We've got those new, new analytics after we changed pod hosts. Mm-hmm. So uh, I now get information on, like how long someone actually listens to the podcast. Oh, wow. I'm not sure I want to know. <laughs> Almost everyone. Oh, is good. Through. It's, it's not a thing. Oh, um, we, we love you guys. We have a drop off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. So, yeah, that's my mission. And if I get anything cool while we're there, or you get anything cool, we should post it up on the Discord and be like, look at our cool new swag. Yeah. Yeah. When this episode airs, that's the day we both fly out to Vegas. Mm -hmm. And we're going to meet in person for the first time. So excited. Which will be fun. We'll record that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, if we find anything fun. um, I know I'm bringing, I got a couple of uniforms, Star Trek uniforms I'm bringing. Oh, cool. I've been 3D printing stuff the whole week here. Yeah. Little communicators and badges and pips and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm going to bring my badge. Uh, my one uniform that I have probably doesn't fit right now, so I won't be wearing that, but I'm going to have a badge on. <laughs> There's still probably be some stuff. Yeah. Because if I found, like, so I sent you those Babylon 5 mugs that I found. Which I love, by the way. Glad you like them. <laughs> I have a Babylon 5 Stein. Mm-hmm. And then I picked up a couple action figures all at the last Motor City Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I've actually, uh, they're all set up in my office now. So, yeah. I've got a Londo, a Veer, a Delenn, and a Sheridan. And I do have the Sinclair aircraft up on my wall as well. Yeah, I can see that which too. Which was a Christmas present from number one fan Ben. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, let's get into this episode. Yeah, let's do it. This is a fun one. Season two, episode 15. They're all honor lies. We open on Ivanova and Sheridan discussing how the Senate is, as we were discussing, opening a gift shop to help pay for the station. Ivanova has a clutch line here, Babylon 5, our last best hope for a quick buck. Merchandising! Merchandising! <laughs> Love it. It's immediately followed by a, we're not some deep space franchise, this station mm-hmm. is about something. Mm-hmm. Shots fired. I think so, Yeah. <laughs> We, we've criticized Sheridan in the past for some of his assigning the shitty assignments to Ivanova, but I, I like his yeah. logic for this one. It's, you know, he's assigning the critical thinker to this project to make sure mm-hmm. that it's handled sensitively. So I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this one. I'll allow it. Yeah. Well, he's got plans anyways. He wants to go hang out with Ambassador Cush and watch Half-Baked. So... <laughs> Yeah, he just loves those cryptic Kosh conversations, so he's going back for more. Yep. On his way down to his dealer, his cell gets swiped. <laughs> uh, he chases after the punk who stole it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, runs into the wrong Mimbari who asks him to shoot him, and so he does. But some narc just barely sees the shooting, the theme. 
Yeah. We come back and Garibaldi is cop-splaining to Delenn that he looked real suspicious and sometimes oh you just God. shoot someone who's unarmed. Yeah. Um, this <sighs> whole scene is yikes. Yes, because Sheridan's like trying to explain himself. Garibaldi mm-hmm. is being a little too sympathetic to Sheridan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Delenn has some you know, very real righteous anger because we don't know much at this point. You know, Delenn, of course, has every right to conduct her own investigation, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even I- though last time she totally was within those rights, she chose not to. <laughs> well, she's learned, right? <laughs> you live, you learn. Fool me once, Mr. Carimbaldi. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, she's going to conduct her own investigation. And then we cut to Veer. And in, mm-hmm. he's in Londo's quarters, and he gets a very ominous TV call. Yeah. Oh, no B-plot progression to be had in this phone call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just something with Veer. That's all we get. Yeah. But we know we're going to get Veer, so it's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. there's some fun to that plot. Garibaldi's talking to Mimbari, who refuses to assist mm-hmm. when Lanier drops in to speak to them as well. In fact, Garibaldi notes that Lanier is seemingly one step ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should put Lanier in charge of station security. I don't know if that's smart. Yeah. (laughs) He'd be very thorough. Mm -hmm. I think he'd actually probably do a better job, to be perfectly honest. Well, not only would he be very thorough, but I would hazard that he would also be more respectful. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm willing to put money on that. But, you know, Sheridan kind of wonders here if this could be... Lanier and Delenn trying to orchestrate a cover-up. But Garibaldi is very charitable toward Lanier and doesn't believe he would do something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, he is buying into Garibaldi's theory, positing that the person who stole the link and him running into the Mamari warrior are linked. Oh, yeah. No pun intended. Uh, (laughs) Sheridan does love a conspiracy. Well, I mean, this whole thing, I was like, I, I don't know why there was any question in anyone's mind at this point in the episode that these things could be not linked. Like, they're obviously linked. Mm-hmm. It was obviously a setup. And, mm-hmm. you know, they they arrive in med lab. They talk about this autopsy that's happening. Franklin tells them that there's nothing to prove it either way. You know, it. I can't prove that he attacked you, but I also mm-hmm. can't pr- prove that you just shot him for no reason. Yeah. And then Garibaldi, at this point, finally asks, how'd you get the PPG? And for some reason, they haven't talked about that it was just <laughs> hanging out conveniently on the floor. <laughs> like, oh, there was just a handgun right next to me. Oh, and I just saw it and I thought, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, they might have assumed up till this point that it was his PPG. Mm-hmm. He might have even assumed that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't typically carry while on duty, but yeah, it wouldn't be completely uncharacteristic for him to. Yeah, I mean, he is a military man. That is yeah. the rights within the rights of military men, I suppose. But mm-hmm. why no one talked about where it came from until we're here at the autopsy? It just blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. We cut to the Zocalo where the gift shop has opened mm-hmm. and drunk Veer runs into Talia, who makes a joke that doesn't make sense yet and then runs off. <laughs> I love that we get her for just a second. In this episode, like <laughs> remember just... that Talia exists, please. Mm-hmm. Please don't forget Talia. She's going to be very important soon. It's going to matter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it also makes the station feel like more like a place if we don't just have our people that are in the episode in the episode. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's around. We know her. She bumps into Veer for this, you know, 30 second bit. And then, yeah, you know, 
That's we a move on. Answer. I'd argue that's the kind of stuff that makes Babylon 5 Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. For sure. Delenn and Lanier believe they have found the witness, and he is religious cast and the same clan as Lanier. Mm-hmm. He then says some racist xenophobic shit. Yeah, he's got a bad look. Bad look. Rough go these two episodes for Delenn. Yeah, she's really getting it from her people and other people. And, she, you know, she's not Mimbari anymore, but she's not human either. The witness refuses to answer questions to anyone but Lanier. But even then, it doesn't seem genuine, does it? No. Yeah. Ashen is all, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth to commercial. Mm-hmm. And we get a stinger to commercial? I saw that. We've got the commercial break thing left in. I remember these from airing on TV, but I don't think I've seen one on HBO Max before. Yeah, this is the first one I've noticed. Aaron said this happens sometimes, that they just, you know, when they were cutting these things, they didn't cut it right or, you know, I don't mind it. It's a nice nostalgia. No, no, it was was a fun little bit of nostalgia for me because I remember watching this show and all these things before the commercial breaks. And if we have any listeners young enough to not remember TV before streaming, please don't tell me. I'm happy you're not knowing. I don't want you to email me about it. I don't want to know. Just definitely (laughs) for us, we're getting a nice little nostalgia hit. Just give it to us. Let us have it. Yeah. After this, we go to Sheridan's office and we get the uh, death first was actually death first. Uh-huh. which is a surrender. Uh-huh. Um, That's very Sharon's convenient. Just like, you're a liar, Mimbari. I call you a liar. Yeah. And everyone's just like, whoa, you got to fight him to the death now. Um, <laughs> so we just won't, we won't say that you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got this big deal on Mimbari do not lie. But I don't know. I feel like anybody who tells you they don't lie mm-hmm. is already doing that. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we talk about last episode. <laughs> Anyone who insists they're the only one telling you the truth. Right. Same logic applies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sheridan tries to back up and make this more palatable by saying that he is in error. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he wants to speak to this guy in person. Garibaldi actually is very right that this is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Garibaldi. Uh, can be right sometimes. Uh, a stopped clock is right twice a day, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ivanova goes down to the gift shop and we see some action figures. Mm-hmm. We have one of the lobe aliens in the background wearing two hats, <laughs> one on each lobe. Yeah. Uh, that was something that spotted in the background. That was a lot of fun. Um, we get a very convincing mask being taken off by a human. Uh-huh. And then a very convincing human mask being taken off by a Drazi. This is great. <laughs> This is so good. I assume there's some editing involved to make these look as cool as they do or as cool oh, as yeah, they are. Oh, yeah, because there was no makeup. Like, that was mm-hmm. full stage makeup, not a mask when the human took that mask off. And same goes. That was like the dude without any loaf on. And then they put the drowsy makeup on him. Mm-hmm. And that was all a cut. It was so good. It's perfect. Like, it's, it's very seamless and believable. There is a fun little thing here, too. Um, there is a big model of Babylon 5 in the middle of the store after this episode it's painted bronze and put in sheridan's office where it belongs you broke your little ships Uh. oh (laughs) like just every captain ever has a bronze cut Mm -hmm. version of their ship in their office this is how he gets his it's a prop that they made for this episode Mm -hmm. and after this that's where it lives jms 
at the time of this episode airing said that when Babylon five was done, he was taking it and it was sitting in his office. Like he had already called dips for three years in the future. That's great. Oh, I love that. And then we get a familiar face at space TSA. A familiar face. Yeah. This is Caitlin Julie Brown. Who's the actress who played Natoth in season one. <gasps> I'm embarrassed that I didn't catch this. I, I meant <laughs> well, to tell she, you. There's a lot of mates. It's yeah. a lot of prosthetics and stuff. Well, I feel like voice, I should have caught it, right? But um, yeah. I wanted to tell you, too, that for these two episodes, I was very just like immersed in the story and the, the fun of it, even though parts of it aren't mm-hmm. fun exactly. But you know what I mean? Very immersed in the story. I didn't actually Google the guest stars at all on either this one or the next one. So if you got stuff, share it. The next one is nothing special. I thought it was Michael Ironside for a minute, but it wasn't. No. <laughs> but we get Caitlin Julie Brown back. Yeah, we get Caitlin Julie Brown. Uh, she, like I said, she's Natoth in season one, and she does uh, cameo as Natoth in season five. Mm-hmm. And she's Sheridan's lawyer who ends the conversation in the room just immediately. She just shuts it down. She is so powerful. She is screaming mm-hmm. power lawyer. Are you expected? No. Dreaded. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Delenn and Lanier cast out on Ashen's claim. We cut back to Sheridan's office. And I think the HD remaster like missed this scene. Mm. Uh, it just went to complete potato quality for me. Oh, and everything yeah. was off. It looks gross. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> the render. Anyways, Nathlock tells the captain EarthGov is going to charge him for murder. She doesn't think the charges will stick, but it is likely to cost him his command to commercial. Mm, so do we think that part of this Earth Dome strategy comes from how they feel about and now for a word? Quite possibly. Yeah. Like uh, he stepped on some toes with some things he said there in his second interview. And uh, they're like, nah, it's fine. We don't want him there anyway. Like, this is a good time. This is a good time to get rid of him, right? No, no way. Like, I don't think the conspiracy goes far enough that somehow Earth was trying to frame him. Because obviously we Mm -hmm. we find out other stuff about that. But I think Earth is like, yes, now's the time. Ivanova tries to cheer him up by reminding him that if he cares about not being a murderer, then he's probably still not a complete shitbag. Ivanov is great. She's a great friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that you care about whether or not you're a murderer is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, I, it is. I mean, by how our legal system works. True. You know, it's accidental manslaughter and, and murder with intent. You know, they're separate things. Mm-hmm. So That's true. So Kosh picks now to show up and uh, insist <laughs> on going for a walk. You know, Sheridan rightly tries to say he's got a lot on his mind right now, but uh, apparently that's precisely the time for a Kosh lesson. Yeah. I have been this guy before. I have showed up at a friend's door when I knew they had an absolute shitty day and they didn't want to leave the house and then dragged them out of the house. <laughs> Did you drag them out of the house for some light chanting? <laughs> no. Well, it depends on the friend and what counts as light chanting, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, quite possibly. Cool, cool. Garibaldi tells Zach to follow Ashan to see if he finds out anything. Mm-hmm. And then Yoda takes Luke down to the cave to confront, I mean, uh, Kosh takes Sheridan <laughs> to down below to show him one moment of perfect beauty. I This lo- is definitely homage, right? Like, he's like, what's in there? You know, mm-hmm. and Kosh may as well say only what you take with you. Like, yeah, definitely. It's fun, and I appreciate it. 
the aesthetics are also similar with everything being all kind of brown and Dagobah-ish. Um, yeah. I've always loved this scene. I thought it was really cool. Now that I'm mm-hmm. older and I've been, you know, more educated on music and sound and stuff, the second they started singing, I was like, oh, that that sound could not be made in that tiny space. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's definitely... Well, aliens, maybe. Who knows? Um, it is a Christmas hymn. <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, I should have sent this to my old uh, music history teacher and see if she knew exactly what the the piece was yeah no it's it's just a bit about jesus Mm -hmm. um you know being born and then coming again and all that yeah stuff it's not really my area of expertise to talk about but (laughs) uh, jms talked about it a bit in the usenet notes so to my understanding it's a christmas hymn it's at the very least a christian religious hymn directly referencing jesus oh yeah i mean it's obviously latin yeah that's hilarious because if if it is christmas because you know, I, I've done a lot of choral singing in my days, uh, mm-hmm. and I wanted to just give everybody a couple of pieces that I've sung in that made me kind of feel like this, like like you're okay. supposed to be feeling in the scene. Um, and one is Bogo Rodice Dievo from Rachmaninoff's Vespers Number no. 6, which is a Christmas Eve service. It's a Christmas Eve Vespers okay. service. And then Morton Lauridsen's Onata Lux. You should definitely get in a, you know, Nice dark room. Find a YouTube recording or a Spotify recording of these pieces and just give yourself some real peace for a minute because it's it's amazing. And if you've ever sung in them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's just a little fun, fun moment for you me. You should post a link to those in yeah. the Discord. Oh, definitely. You get on the plane. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's hard to spell Bogorodice Dievo. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> it is Russian. <laughs> Yeah, I B and, and I'm done. So, yep. I'll give you a couple links. All right, cool. Uh, we cut to Veer, who is two drinks deep. Oh, yeah. Drowning his problems in booze. Uh, Lando begins to chastise him when he realizes wait, two drinks? It's so funny. <laughs> He's trying so hard to be paternal after that. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, this, this poor boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Veer goes off on how shitty Londo is mm-hmm. and has been. And now that his job isn't a joke, he's been recalled to be replaced. Mm-hmm. Londo says he's going to handle it, then gets distracted by some Centauri women looking at his doll. <laughs> I, this is the Barbie I want, y'all. I want this one. <laughs> Delen discovers something about the murdered Mimbari as Londo tracks down Sheridan and Ivanova to complain about his actionless figure. I think it's very funny that it's all about the penis again <laughs> i don't believe it yeah it's an important part of their culture mm-hmm. the penis mm-hmm. is keeps coming up he's he's just yeah. mad he's not mad about you know being merchandised or no no making the, money the station selling out yeah no he's mad that the the anatomy is not correct <laughs> yeah this doesn't have any testiculites mm-hmm. and that's a problem for londo it implies he himself is without them, mm-hmm. which is very embarrassing. Yeah, we can't have that. But after all this, uh, his entrance into the plot does herald an important callback about Mimbari being able to lie sometimes. Yes. And guess what? His penis was in that episode, too. It was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, why, why did some, 
why does he know this? Well, uh, Lanier had to cover for him once, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Lanier lied to maintain the honor of his clan, which is the one time you can lie as a Mimbari. Mm-hmm. We cut to the Zen Garden, where Sheridan and Delenn talk. Sheridan notes Ashan is being taken away to the Mimbari homeworld, thus uh, preventing a trial, but also completely destroying Sheridan's credibility. Yeah, he's he's still going to have to leave the station because people yeah. will forever be wondering, did he really kill that guy? And that will be disruptive. <laughs> yeah. He compares how helpless he feels now to when his fighter was once adrift. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out in space, unable to do anything. Yeah. Delenn feels alone too, but Sheridan kind of dresses her down a bit about this. Mm, you know, about yes. the big truths and the small truths and how the small truths need to be there to support the big ones. Yeah, you can't have large ideals without smaller ideals. I actually was just uh, reading one of the Terry Pratchett Discworld books and he says something similar, like, if you'll do it for a good reason, you'll do it for a bad reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So very, very salient point here with Sheridan. Lanier confronts Ashan and tells him that his ship is supposed to leave within the hour because Lanier is going to announce that he was complicit in the death of Lavelle. Mm -hmm. He's going to bear the responsibility of the acts of his clan. Yeah, he honor shames Ashan into acting. He goes through the whole scheme and surprise, Garibaldi, Sheridan, Delenn, and Allie McToth all come out of Lanier's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they just spill out of a closet or something it's right. very funny. it's a literal clown car in there because <laughs> uh, you know these quarters aren't that big no especially if we're in the nearest quarters right he doesn't yeah. get the deluxe suite no and his bedroom is probably like a mat on the floor yeah <laughs> well actually we know what mabari beds look like they're mostly vertical <laughs> so it's probably a very small room mm -hmm. so yeah we they got you they got him so Sheridan's lawyer asked Delenn if the Mambari government is going to contest this evidence or, you know, like object to some sort of public confession or something. But Sheridan pulls a Sheridan and is like, oh, but do we really need that? Mm -hmm. And he's got, you know, some big brain plans. He doesn't want to harm Lanier. Yeah. He seems to care about Delenn and her people. So Sheridan says that he'll cut a deal that if Sean will just issue a statement about what he really saw... You know, not implicating either of them in a crime. Sheridan's going to turn over the evidence and allow things to continue as status quo. Mm -hmm. After this, uh, Veer is hungover. Uh, so hungover, he can't count past 14. <laughs> <laughs> like he pauses and counts in his head and is just like, and when he stops, that's the number he says. It's so good. <laughs> I just love Stephen first and his yeah. characterization of Veer. Lando is a complete asshole here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pack up. He's jerking him around for fun. Yeah. <laughs> he says that, you know, pack up your shit and pack up my shit. Because if you're leaving, I'm leaving. <laughs> mm -hmm. But in reality, Veer's not going to have to go home because he just sent a no. whole bunch of glowing reports to everyone. Says that he won't allow Veer to leave. He would leave, too. And, you know, I get there's there's an uncle that Veer especially wanted to make proud and Veer yeah. gave him a, a very nice report and phone call. And Veer is so appreciative right up until the moment that Londo tells him he's invited his entire family to the station for a month. Mm -hmm. For a month. 
<laughs> that's that's the Londo we know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure this is also a gag. Um, but mm-hmm. where is it? I don't remember if your family actually shows up at any point. I mean it would be fantastic, wouldn't it? But I think I would remember if that that happened. Yeah. I know we're gonna get some other Veer personal life stuff, but I don't think we're getting this moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sheridan catches up with Ivanova. And we see Bearbalon 5, a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the story. So this episode, like I said earlier, was written by Peter David. Mm-hmm. Yes. Peter David knows that JMS apparently hates stuffed animals or something like <gasps> a deranged sociopath like that. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And so Peter bought this for JMS as a gag before the episode was written. Nice. As just a like... Ha ha ha, I did an episode about merchandising on B5, and I got you the bear as a joke before I turn in the episode, right? Uh Uh-huh. JMS notes, this is the only time he went in and changed a script without talking to the author. And he, did he add this part? Is that how? He added this whole end. This whole end is all JMS. Um, I mean, it's very cute, and I think that that Peter David probably loved it, so... Yeah, well, that's why the initials on the bear are JS, by the way. It wasn't John Sheridan. Mm-hmm. It was, it was uh, you know, it's his initials. So, yeah. Uh, Keys. So he wrote this scene and put it in the episode without telling him. Peter David found out when it aired mm-hmm. that uh, when they found out the in- who the bear was supposed to be, uh, <laughs> he had it spaced. <laughs> I thought it was cute. See, this is one of those things that you remember about the show. You remember Sheridan spaced the bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's funny. Never will. It's an iconic B5 moment. You know, it's something that's very memeable. I also think it's very funny that we get Warren Keffer as the pilot that discovers this. Oh. Yeah, I gotta have something. He hasn't been in epi- an episode in a while. 30 seconds of Talia, 30 seconds of Warren Keffer. <laughs> you know. Yeah, get him in there. <laughs> I think it's cute. I would love a bear. <laughs> yeah. This whole episode is great. In yeah. fact, I think on a scale of Babylon's one to five, I'm going to go ahead and throw this at a four. I think I do too. Well, yeah. Maybe I love four and a half even. It's a great episode. I'm going to keep it at four. I'm not going to go that high. Uh, I love the merch subplot. I think it's cute. And mm-hmm. I think it's extra cute that it is written by Peter David since Peter David wrote so much Star Trek stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that franchise is very heavily merchandised <laughs> yes and so you know it feels a little like from his experience with the franchise and watching the merchandise happen around that franchise so i think it's a nice little wink at how you know in a, in america especially and in our sci-fi fandoms we have this tendency to merch everything mm-hmm. there were some parts of the main plot that i was like come on Things, things shouldn't be happening in this order. Like, we, we should have talked about the gun sooner. Uh, <laughs> there's no mention of trying to catch the guy that stole Sheridan's link. Like, a- after yeah, things are settled. already turned off. It's pointless. It's worthless. Yeah, but it's like, you know. he was obviously an accessory to this crime. Like, he was, he was <laughs> in on it. He was in on doing... Framing someone for a murder. Yeah. 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 So I think that we should probably follow up on that, Garibaldi. (laughs) Listen, homeschool detective (laughs) classes. You caught the bad guy. You saved the day. Mm. You know what I mean? What's cleanup? Right, 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 right. We don't have to be super. Maybe they're going to send Lanier after that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So that doesn't push it into 
the 4.5 decimal territory okay. for me, but I, I do like this show and I, it pushes forward a lot of stuff and yeah, it's fun. I like everything about this episode. I'm here mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Next episode, we've got season two, episode 16 knives. Mm-hmm. Sheridan is plagued by bizarre visions. The ambitious Londo encounters an ethical dilemma with an old friend. I remembered sentence number two. I did not remember sentence number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The A plot on this episode. Well, it's actually the B plot. It is the B plot. Is yeah. Stuff. And even, uh, well, we'll talk about it next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've already done the research on this one. Mm-hmm. And JMS had some feelings about it. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. All right. Well, that's in store for us next week, everybody. Thank you for being here with us this week. We want to thank Jeremy Siegel for our theme music. You can find more of him at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com. Thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine for our wonderful podcast art. We hope you'll join us over in our Discord or send us an email if you have some thoughts you'd like to share. Who are you? B5 at gmail.com. We'd love for you to join us on the Discord. And we'll see you next week. 